Welcome to Heralds of War, the original Australian Age of Sigma podcast. We cover the Age of Sigma hobby in Australia, including tournaments, painting, and lore. So sit back while we discuss the latest from the Australian Age of Sigma community. Hello and welcome to Heralds of War, episode five of series two. I'm your host, Clint, and I'm joined tonight by my two wonderful co-hosts, uh, Adam. Hello. And Travis. Good evening. Uh, and tonight we are going to talk our favorite AOS models. Uh, but first of all, how are you doing this evening, Adam? Uh, doing very well, thank you, Clint. I'm just coming off uh, two weeks of school, holiday, rest and relaxation. It has been fantastic. Um, you know, got down to, to Melbourne for uh, four days to be able to catch up with friends and family over Easter. Um, you know, went on some adventures with the, the family Got a little bit of hobby in. It's it's all been it's been a lovely two weeks up here. This time of year too, up on the border, it's just unreal weather. Like every day is, um, you know, mid twenties, um, sunny. It's just it's it's perfect time of the year. So it's been real good. Cool, very cool. Uh, Travis, how are you traveling? Yeah, pretty good. Um, been a bit of a random sickness going through the family in the last couple of weeks, so I've been a little bit uh, hectic and busy, but everyone's coming out the other side now. Um, been, um, uh, yeah, Easter break was great. Got to um, you know, spend, I took a couple of sneaky extra days off, so ended up having a six-day break, which is really nice. Um, got a bit of hobby done, but um, not, not as much as I would have liked, but, you know, yeah illness and all kept that a little bit constrained but otherwise i'm pretty good at the moment how about you clint doing well yeah um i only had sort of the easter break off but we i was working from home before that because brisbane decided to have some covid go through it um and because i'd been in brisbane i was under their rules so i had to stay at home and do all all that sort of stuff leading up to easter so that sort of we're like, ah, we'll just stay home for Easter. Um, but I have been smashing out some hobby, which we'll uh, talk about shortly. So, yeah, uh, as I mentioned at the start, our topic for this evening is going to be our favourite AOS models, um, and we're also going to pick some worst ones. Um, so, and uh, and we haven't discussed it before. What's on our list beforehand? So we should have some. Uh, interesting little crossover and some surprises, I feel. So that'll be good. Uh, but before all of that, uh, let's talk Hobby Heralds. So, Adam, yes, what have you been up to? Uh, well, look, in regards to Hobby Done, uh, I have um, come across a guy who's been doing some great painting guides for Cursed City, which... I have been in the process of assembling and painting, and I think it's a guy who goes by the name of Garfi. Um, oh, yep. yep. He, From yeah. um, Tales of Painters. Painters. Yep. And yeah. his guides for um, for Curse City have been great. He They're all done as blogs, so they're all uh, broken down step by step and, you know, anywhere between sort of 16 and, and 20-odd steps. And it's a really good combination of 
sort of basing, highlighting and shading, but using usually contrasts to shade and contrasts mixed with um, uh, like a Lamian medium in order to get the right effect out of it. Um, and he does a lot of uh, blending on the models with the use of the, the contrasts and the watered-down contrast or the, the mediumed-down contrasts. Um, and I've been really liking the, the effect. You know, it, it's Curse City. The, the, the models don't need to look um, golden demon ready, especially, you know, the, the bat swarms and the rat swarms. Um, yeah. But they still look really good. And um, so it's been been good doing that. And looking forward to playing some games of Curse City at the uh, at the Borderline Club over the coming months. Very cool. So you managed to get a box, Trav. You managed to get a Curse City box. Yeah, I got one. Yep. Awesome. Um, after my usual sights, uh, when it when I went up for pre order, I actually fell asleep on the couch, um, and, um, and I went, Mid- I woke midday up on a Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Hey, excuse me, it was daylight savings time then, so it was one o'clock, all right. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I woke up at like eight minute part, eight minutes past one, and the two places I'd normally buy stuff from were both sold out already. Um, so then I did, yeah, but managed to sneak in and get one before it all disappeared. So it's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, any other hobby other than Curse City, Adam? Or uh, do you mean including games played, or are we talking just hobby? Just hobby, hobby. Um, oh, sorry. Well, I suppose a part of Curse City, I, I did crack out the green stuff roller, um, and I've got cobblestone bases that I've customed up for every single model there. So I've made the bases and and painted most of the bases actually too for the entire box set as well. Um, so which is oh, still nice. technically Cursed City, but so really cool broken up. Um, you know, bits of, of cobblestone um, with some um, just, oh, what's it called? Uh, Sterling Battlemire, um, just in really small sections to sort of show that it's, you know, obviously not beautifully paved streets of, um, of somewhere nice like Azir. Um, and I've got some nice dead grass in a couple of different sizes, which I've purchased off Mighty Ape. Um, which got delivered last week as well. And so just that's what I've sort of been working through there. Uh, in terms of AOS, I think I'm in a bit of a, a stall until June, July, when both the new General's Handbook and what I'm presuming will be the new version of the game may well be coming out. Um, and that's when if, you know, I might be properly planning the next project and settling on lists and looking at tournaments, um, you know, towards the end of the year. Yep. Fair enough. It's pretty cool. Sounds like you're going that extra mile on your box of cursity, which is pretty cool. Um, online, um, you know, you've this, there's really, it's a wide spectrum of hobby on the, on the new box, isn't it? There's everything from there's um, like Ian Hannum is doing sort of, very concepty red, black, white. Um, Very much like the cover art, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I know like Ash McEwen has, has done a concept of that. And then there's people like yourself and Dana Howell and all that sort of stuff who are like going and laying out cobblestone bases and doing all this sort of stuff and just really making them, they're going to be really cool 
unique models. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to having the the stuff all sort of painted up and just sort of you know off to the side and ready to go and and um, being able to introduce it to perhaps a few of my uh, fellow teacher friends up here who um, you know are really into the, all that sort of fantasy stuff and and like gaming but uh, haven't been in aren't traditional war gamers or tabletop gamers, so to speak. Um, yep. And I've had them around a few times and we've played um, games of Age of Sigmar and they've, they've loved it. But, you know, due to them having other interests or numerous children or, you know, lots of different reasons, you know, that, that they're, they're at a point in their lives where jumping into a, a hobby on the scale of uh, Warhammer is not necessarily what they're looking for. But I'm hoping that's where something like a Cursed City might hook them in. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yep. Um, I can see it f- fulfilling that niche where people, you know, AOS is too much of a commitment. Um, I know my kids are eager to uh, start playing it, but I just have to get it all built. Um, Trav, have you been doing much hobby? Yeah, I have. Um, I've been trying to. I've been trying to get in back in the habit of doing a little bit each day. Um, I was more sporadic for a long time, um, so I've been trying to get back into. Uh, Basically, even if it's only like half an hour or something each day, just to try and chip away a little bit, I've been pretty good at it. Um, missed a few days here and there, but I'm slowly getting back into it, which is really good because I'm trying to get the habit back. Um, so for the most part, I've almost finished my first uh, unit of Lumineth uh, Spearmen, whatever they're called. I will eventually learn their name one day. Um, and uh, slightly sidetracked in the last... Uh, however long I've had it now, a week or so, because um, I had my my box of uh, quests turn up, Curse City, and um, been slowly putting those models together. Um, not trying to rush my way through it or anything like that, like I'm in any particular hurry to have the game up and running, um, but really just trying to take the time and uh, uh, get through them and appreciate them as well, because uh, they're actually really, really nice models. But um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, how about yourself, Clint? Um, yeah, I have been working on quite a bit of hobby <laughs> when I sat down to think about it. So I think last episode, um, try, just trying to remember what's happened. I had started on my Glooms by Kits box for the store competition and I finished that recently. I had to paint the last three trolls. So I finished that. It's off at the store now. Um, I think we vote for a week or two and see how it goes. But uh, there were lots of cool entries there. So um, I think there was a bunch that were painted better than mine. So I'm very much okay with just participating. Um, I have painted... Um, I've painted up a... I kit-bashed a Vampire Lord from one of the Lumineth, new Lumineth models, the Lawseeker. I used you know, Manfred's sword and I think Neferata's staff and um, Puppet's War do like vampire heads. So I used one of those because a lot of the other G-dub vampire heads are quite large. That doesn't sound appropriate um, for children. Why did the puppet swear? Oh, dear. Uh, and so, and because the elf is a little bit more slight, um, the smaller sort of resin head worked really well. Um, and I did a Necromancer, which is pretty much like a kit, like a um, collegiate arcane wizard. Um, both of those went up on Twitter like an hour ago as well. Um, I hadn't posted them yet for some reason. 
Uh, and I've decided that for Brizhammer in two weeks' time, I'm going to take um, my feck um, that had none, uh, nothing painted. So I have painted 10 ghouls. Good move. Excellent time management choice. There. It is a classic Clint maneuver um, to smash an army out last minute. And so, yeah, I've done 10 ghouls, six horrors, the terrain piece, the art and arch regent, and a ghoul king on terrorgeist in about a week. So, a lot, a lot of it was done just this weekend past. Um, I managed to get lots of paint time in, but I did a couple of late nights as well. Um, and I've used the, uh, the ghoul. What is it? he's the the leader of the Underworlds Warband, the dude with the the halberd. Um, he's my ghoul king for the Terrorgeist, so he's sort of on the base, pointing to where he wants Terrorgeist to go, uh, just for something different rather than having old mate leaping off the back. Um, Alfred. Then I Alfred out. the halberd. Is that his name? No. All right. No. Um, but then I ran out of Death Guard Green Spray, which I use for both the bases and for the ghoul, like the um, flesh of, of the ghouls and stuff itself. So I'm waiting on my shipment from Combat Company to turn up before I can keep going. So not only not only have I decided to do this in a, in a short time frame, I also didn't have everything to start with. So it, it's a good move. That's... Uh... That is, as you say, classic Clint. How to do this so, army? How's your display board coming in three weeks? Do you know? I was just thinking today about whether I um uh, do a display, try and fit in a display board as I well. Knew it. It's not done I knew first, it. though. I knew, yeah, knew you'd be like, oh, I wonder if I'll still be able to do something completely irrelevant to me actually finishing the army off when I'm already under the pump. Hilarious. But I reckon I reckon I could get all the models painted this week and spend next week doing the display board. Oh, look, they are thick. They they often do paint up fairly quickly. You know, it's I'm going to say it's they're they're not quite like um, you know Lumineth Realm Lords in terms of painting the a lot of the standard infantry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's like the Death Guard Green Spray and then um, Militarum Green Contrast Paint. So that mixed with the medium 50-50 makes a good wash slash stain for the for the models. And then I dry brush the skin up with a couple of other greens and then I go back in and paint the details in. Yeah. Um and wash and then it's just a little bit more dry brushing and stuff like that. So it's they're very quick models to turn around. Yeah, it sounds um, like uh, very well set up for, to be batch painted in terms of drying times and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. But I I went into the project with that mindset. Yeah. And then the bases, the bases themselves, there's no wash on the bases, so they're like sprayed green, and then they're dry brushed mournfang brown, and then they're dry brushed another sort of mid ready brown, and then they're dry brushed um, with screaming skull. So they've got a, the green gives it a, a, a weird sort of tint that you can sort of see through the the different colours of dry brush and under the cork and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Um, but because there's no washes to dry, you can just smash the bases out by the, you know, yeah. you can do 20 bases in a very short amount of time. Yeah, you're probably more limited with having a clean dry brush rather than needing to wait for paint to dry on the bases themselves. 
Yeah. It's not so bad between the Mournfang Brown and um, Tusk or Fur is the the, um, yeah. the, the ready second brown. step. The ready brown. And then I switch dry brushes to do the Yushabti bone because yeah. otherwise it comes out a weird pink colour. Yes. Um, and that's a recipe I actually got off um, Ben Johnson because he'd done some orcs, um, some iron jaws, and I'm on that style of basing. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And he just looked looked up his paint notebook and gave me the recipe. And um, so that was really quite helpful. Yeah, right. And the base, and the base rooms aren't black. They are Mournfang Brown. Mm. Just to be a bit of a rebel. How will that uh, basing translate to your elaborate, overly built style um, and horrendously converted display board? None of that's going to happen. It will. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the fact that it is um, brown, I think, will help it blend with the display board. But I don't. I'm not planning anything crazy for his display um, board. He's currently sourcing unpunched versions of the full tilt game out of White Dwarf from issue 211 back in the late 90s, and his entire board is going to be set up to be a joust, being uh, competed uh, in by flesh eater courts. Um, and watched by Flesh Eater Courts, yet using cardboard Bretonian scenery from Games Workshop from a white dwarf from 23 years ago. I can't yeah. wait to see it. I think it'll be really good. Yeah, it will be really good when you do that, Adam. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned painting trim on Lumineth, and I have to say... I was mildly interested in some Lumineth models and then I kitbashed this one to turn into a vampire and painted it and did the trim and I'm like, nah, one is enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy though because it's it's not like it's like closely moulded on the model. It's like an easily standout piece of the model. Like I didn't find it difficult to paint that part of it at all. But there's just so much of it. Yeah, that my yeah. point is more the, the detail and it, it generally seems yeah. that it needs to be painted. Um to get the you know the effect of having them look like elven, um, you know that neat yeah. that neat that crisp. Yeah, I have seen some cool cream ones though. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or Instagram, but it was like a Dawn Rider, the cavalry dudes, and the horse's barding was cream. So the trim was cream and the armor was cream, but he'd kind of I think he'd spent the time to go in and line, like not panel lining, but that sort of pin washing thing around them in just the right sort of light brown that it made it really stand out and look really nice. Yeah, right. But rather than paint all, like paint the trim a different colour to the armour, I think they were painted the same and then he's done the the lighting to make it stand out, which is an interesting idea. I wonder I wonder if that actually saves any time. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my hobby. Um, games played. Adam, you played a rather interesting game recently. Yes, we did at the club. We um, we had a well, what was originally a three on three, and then we had someone uh, uh, pull out of our destruction alliance, and it was going to be destruction versus order um, at seventeen hundred and fifty points per person. So you know, just under sort of six thousand points. Um, and when our Third Destruction player pulled out. Um, Matt Tyrrell and I, the Mayor of Dubbo, we 
both went, oh, look, we can cover that with our ogre armies. And so instead it became nearly 6,000 points of what was mostly Beast Claw Raiders um, mm-hmm. up against an alliance of Seraphon, Caradron Overlords, and just so that we weren't playing against utterly top meta, um, Sylvaneth. And <laughs> so that helped balance out. The fact there was Sylvaneth there helped balance out the brokenness of the the Seraphon, or not the brokenness, the uh, efficiency of the Seraphon and the KO. Um, and the, the, the KO and the Seraphon still nearly carried the day. Um, despite almost all of the Sylvaneth being dead by turn two, and that included two Tree Lords, a Tree Lord Ancient, Dryka, and Alarial. Um, huh. All pretty much all being killed what? nearly in two turns. They they just they just died to a stiff breeze. Like it's just because I mean, and even then, like um, the the mayor and I didn't have a single Frost Lord on Stonehort. Um, I took three Thunder Tusks, including the highly competitive choice of a Frost Lord on a Thunder Tusk, and and I had a, a Huskard on a Stonehorn, and, like, a Thunder Tusk charges into a Tree Lord and just there's half your wounds gone. I don't care how good your save is. Just the, the mortal wounds just knock it down to half dead and you don't need to do much more damage after that. And it's either so utterly terrible because it's copped so much damage or it's just dead. Um, mm. So, you know, I felt for the the uh, poor old James who was playing Sylvaneth, but he had a good time. He summoned 40 Dryads over the course of the game and, you know, Alariel pulled a, a Tree Lord out of her beetle's bum and, um, and, and KO do a lot of damage and Yeti's Neg Wonder hit doesn't save him from being shot off the board by KO in a turn. Um, I took the old six units. I took 18 Yetis and they were almost 15 of them died in turn one. Um, Yetis aren't good in a shooting meta. Oh, look, Yetis aren't good. Yetis are even worse <laughs> in a shooting meta. Um, yep. Yetis not getting any of those keywords that make ogres decent, like, impact hits and counting as two models on objectives and boost to the bravery whilst they're in combat because they're eating and boost to their movement, you know, when they're not in combat because they're hungry, they get none of it. Um, and consequently, they're just at 110 points for three of them, they're still ridiculously overpriced. Um, but we had fun and it was a great game and we played a modified version of Border Wars and it was just a really – Really cool, fun game, um, and everyone had a good time. Awesome. That's that's the important thing on a game like that is that everyone's enjoying themselves. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. That sounds really cool. I, how long did it take? Uh, so we – our Sylvaneth player was late, so not only was he running Sylvaneth, he was late. Um, so I reckon we got two turns done between, oh, I'm going to say sort of just after nine and lunchtime and then we had a break for lunch and then we finished off the the rest of the game. We played the full five turns and yep. we'll probably finish by three in the afternoon and that was, you know, nearly a 6,000-point game with, yeah, five, okay. across, with five players as well. So, you know, it's that little bit 
slower because you got lots of people contributing to bits and pieces? Less so um, the Sylvaneth player because he was dead. Correct. So Well, it, yeah. it also got sped up because 15 of my 18 Yetis were killed in turn one, so that helped yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also can't imagine it was like, you know, a tournament style. We got, you get this done. Like, I imagine you were just having a bit of fun. So oh, it, was, it was a lot of slap and giggle about it, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have anything in place to help speed it up, like um, any extra sort of layer of rules or discussions or anything like that, or was it just really like let's just have fun and, you know, make those crazy charges and do that sort of stuff? Yeah, and I think that was that was part of it. I think the, um, you know, no one took, with the exception of the KO, none of the lists were, were cutting edge. Like even the Seraphon was, you know, it was Croak, not Croak, sorry, it was the Slan, an Astrolith Bearer, and then 25 Saurus Knights um, and two oh, Karn no. Swords. Oh, so, yeah, so you know, fun. And, and fun it, yeah, yeah, that's right. And he had that formation which makes Saurus Knights slightly less terrible but still fairly terrible. Um, and that was, you know, that was sort of it. That was it for the most part. And, look, it was it was good. It was great. It, it, it worked Worked fine for us. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, Travis, with being with the sickness and stuff in the family, I imagine you haven't had a chance to play games? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. Um, no, no games in for me, so uh, I'll have to pass on that one. How about you, Clint? Uh, so I've gone to a couple of events since the last episode. Um, so first of all was an event at G-Dub Mount Gravatt. Um, it was their Blade and Bones. It was a, it was an interesting format because they, um, they're under some fairly strict COVID things that they have to do for their play area. So it was like two days and two games on each day. So it was like a four-game event, which was quite interesting. Um, and then we got there on the, on the morning of the first day and there'd been some community cases of COVID in Brisbane. And they were like, and Cam from the store is like, okay, well, we can't guarantee that it's not going to get worse and we'll have to not open tomorrow. So they changed it on, on a vote from the players from the two days, four games to a one day with three games. Okay, that's that's good, good on the fly. Like... Yeah, they're just like, well, they just wanted to make sure people got to play lots of games, yeah. you know, as many games as they could. And everyone was pretty fine with it. I think there was like one dude who had something planned for the evening, so he didn't turn up for the end game. And that's fair enough. Like, it's last minute change. Yeah. Um. So in that event, I got to play against three people I'd not played before. I played against Nathan um, from Tagulua and his Nighthaunt. He comes to Toowoomba stuff all the time. Um, but we just never crossed paths. And then I played uh, a newer guy um, and he had Iron Jaws and he proceeded to um, beat Catacross's face in uh, with his dude on Moor Crusher Ooh. in turn one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I I was nice and he hadn't... He was trying to move his Moor Crusher and he hadn't seen where he could put it in and get it for the charge. And I'm like, oh, well, why don't you just put it there? Because 
guy's not played enough. Oh, so you, know, you tried to sucker him in. Yeah, mate, you're like, just see this Catacross guy. Like, he's not that good. I reckon if you get him no, in there, no. you'll be all right. And in your head, you're like, oh, I'm gonna so going to kill your more crusher, you noob. And then he's just had hot dice and taken out Catacross on his ear. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was doing that because I'm a good sport. That is absolutely not what happened because he was trying to <laughs> he was trying to get to Catacross to start with. So now that he'd already now that you've won an in. event, you're just power mad, power gaming, trying to sucker punch the noobs in. Well, this was the event that I uh, spoiler alert actually won. So I was, um, was going to say I was surprised you haven't. Are we still talking about you winning this event? Um, that was like yeah. four episodes ago. I, I'm sure I didn't. No, it ha- we haven't talked about it on the <laughs> podcast yet, and I didn't bring it up. Oh, it was you yeah. who brought it up. <laughs> um, so I lost Catacross, I think. He got in turn one and didn't quite kill Catacross, but then he got priority and then Mighty destroyed <laughs> the dude to kill him in the hero phase. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's going to be painful because we were playing – Places of arcane power. So I had Catacross and two soul masons. Right. Okay. In a so, hero mission. <laughs> so losing Catacross first up was really quite painful. The, the soul masons, what? Five wounds and four up? <laughs> He's six, six wounds and a five up. Oh, it's even worse. There you go. <laughs> and a five inch movement. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, and then I. Um, Catacross hurt the Moor Crusher, and then the Moor Crusher hurt my Catapult, and then I killed the Moor Crusher. But then, so he had a he had two War Chanters, and I had two Soul Masons. So even in a stand up fight, he's winning that. Um, so I had to try and um, kill these his characters so that I could just get onto the objectives and then win. And I did by one point in the end. So it was like, oh, <laughs> losing Catacross first up was, was terrifying. Um, Cause he literally makes OBR work. That's, that's what he does. Yes. Um, yeah. He is worth every one of his 500 points. And so when you lose a court, like lose him in your first turn, it was bad. Um, and then I played Scott Wyatt. Uh, now he's a guy, he's, I don't want to say new to the scene because I think he's been playing Warhammer for a while, but he's just started coming to Toowoomba and Brisbane tournaments a fair bit, and he was playing OBR, and now he's switched to Daughters. So we were playing... So he's a power gamer. That's what you're telling me, Clint. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, wish, I wish you could quit putting words in my mouth, but anyway, that's just right, how so this works. Scott's chasing the new hotness. Gotcha. Scott's playing an efficient army <laughs> and we were playing Blade's Edge. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the most intense game of Warhammer that I have ever played because uh, he's got Marathi and a big unit of the bow snakes and um, some um, Sisters of Slaughter. Um and my stalkers did work in this game. They killed a ton of bow snakes. Uh, eventually, they killed Marathi. Um, I won a clutch priority towards the end of the game. That um, no, that's not right. 
it's, it was a while ago. I'm sorry. So he won the priority. I know it was okay. a while ago. We've, we've already done three episodes on this. I interviewed you on a three-hour special about the tournament you finally won. He won priority and took it. That's right. And I got to move his endless spell and do a bunch of wounds to Marathi that if he'd have given me the turn, I wouldn't have been able to do and she'd have lived longer and he'd have won. That's right. There we are. So you, you t- so you t- <laughs> sorry, Scott. So you tied an onion to your belt, which was the style at the time. The style at the time. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. So managed to win that event, and then I wasn't doing the best because I dropped some um, secondaries. But because it's a G-Dub event, uh, there's plenty of sports and paint, um, like plenty of soft scores. Yeah, and, and so, so and Scott would have probably lost a whole heap of those soft scores because he's a meta chasing power gamer. Is that what you said before? No, he actually won favorite <laughs> army for his daughters. Oh, right. So, yeah, yeah. So his daughter was there too. That's fantastic. You're, you're trying. You're trying to make Scott out to be a horrible person when, in fact, he's quite lovely. I'm sure he is. Um, yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, I managed to get myself a shiny certificate. Uh, for the first event I've ever won, and the certificate doesn't say first on it anyway. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so it's like, ah, uh, so now I have to like compare it to the Facebook post that says I won. Yeah. If, if, yeah, other people, otherwise people are like, what, what is that? Well, what is this? Matt Tyrrell this runs thing? a group on Facebook uh, about uh, receiving Warhammer certificates. Um, yep. You can join that and you guys can swap war stories. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but does he really write a group about more certificates? <laughs> no. No. Nor is he the mayor of Dubbo. I've not said a true thing in the last 20 minutes. Why would I start now with something so utterly random like the mayor of Dubbo, the current master, runs a group on Facebook about Warhammer certificates? Oh, look, I just never know which oh, you are. For all I know, you actually created you, sir, the group or something. You can tell we haven't recorded in a while. It's been you? a while. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so there was that. Um, and then last weekend, or the weekend before last, I played at uh, Battle Station in another three-round event, and I got a win, a loss, and a draw. Wonderful. And all I'll say about that day is Fire Slayers are – I can't actually say the word on the podcast. Poopy. <laughs> Dwarves? Exactly. They, I played Pat and his um, Fire Slayers in game two, and it was such a non-game. It was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Um, cool. That's all my games played. And, yeah, I think I've talked for long enough about that. Uh, so we might take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about sweet AOS models, our favourite ones. Yes. So we're back, and we're going to talk about our favourite AOS models from each Grand Alliance, and we're also going to talk about a, one one stinker per Grand Alliance as well that we've all sort of chosen. Uh, now... I mentioned before that we haven't compared lists, so we don't as know. We, go th- we don't know what each other are going to say. Absolutely, and I think 
as we as we go through, you'll probably find some people going, oh, I hadn't really considered that model. Or there might be, I reckon it'd be quite cool if there's like one one or two models in here that we're all in agreement on, like as being like top for that Grand Alliance. It'd be very interesting. I, I um, reckon there's one faction in particular that when we get to it, I think we're all going to have this particular model, uh, but I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to wait. Yeah. That I... As as I was picking these, I tell you what, some factions were um, harder than others. Like some Grand Alliances were harder than others to pick models for. Definitely. Because um, I know my personal rules were it has to be available now um, for AOS. So it's like, uh, you know, um, with stuff, with, you know, Gravelords coming out, a whole bunch of Grand like Legions models were just removed. <laughs> from the range in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, cutting down on watching Grand Lion's death quite significantly and think just stuff like that. Um, cool. So we're going to do it uh, alphabetical order, uh, chaos, death, destruction, and then order. Um, so we'll start with chaos first. I'm going to throw to you, Adam, for your first pick. My first most, not necessarily most loved, but one of the three models that I really love. And all of the models I've chosen, uh, both best and worst, have are all AOS models. So they've come out in the last, what, five years, six years. Um, and for chaos, uh, Lord of Change. Plastic graded demon and what I think is the best graded demon model. Ooh, that's a good choice. That was... Yeah, that was in my shortlist. Is that what you reckon it's the best of, of I, I, the four? I think it's certainly the best of the four. It's I, I put it uh, I put the great unclean one only slightly below it. Um and and for the same reason. The what you can do with the kit really changes up how the model looks. So the options that you have with the Lord of Change, being able to build it, build Kairos. Um, and, and do those sorts of things, I think really makes it work. Um, and so that's why it, it sits where it does for me. Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a pretty cool model. Mm. Uh, it wasn't on my list, but, yeah, no, it was definitely up there. Yep. Uh, Trav? Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, maybe I went, went wrong here. That's all right. Um, uh, so for me, um, definitely one of my ones that's up there. Um, is uh, and it's really a representation of a larger selection of models that um, I really like the look of and hope they maybe expand again in the future. Um, but I have the Dark Oath Chieftain, so really he's sort of the, the the one I've picked as representing that classic barbarian style that exists in a few spots now. So you've got the Chieftain, the War Queen. Um, the Underworlds Warband stuff like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, had had the chieftain on there for sure. Cool. That's that's a cool choice. Yeah. I I. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Clint? Righto. So my first choice is going to be the Ogroid Myrmidon. It's kind of Warcry, but you can use it in Slaves to Darkness. This is the first one where I'm going to say we've got a double up. He's on my we, list. We've got a triple up. Hey! Oh, triple up. Hey! Balloons that didn't take on the roof. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that did not take long at all. Nah. He's just such a, oh, such a cool model. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just menacing 
without being over the top. You know, he's that sort of weird middle size uh, model. You know, what once upon a time would have been considered like monst- like a, a huge monster, but in AOS he's, he's sort of middle of the pack. Um, he just exudes exudes menace and is such a sweet model and seeing what people have done with him as well is really cool. Yeah, he's been transformed into several different things. Um, a couple I saw recently, I know recently I saw one that used him as the upper half of a, a Shagoth, Dragon of the Shagoth. It looks really cool. Yeah, there's a couple of those around. Yeah, definitely. I turned mine into a uh, Doombull, Minotaur Lord. Yep. Yep, yep, cool. Um, some cool demon princes um, based on him. You throw some wings on and do do a bit of, um, you know, pose changes and um, he sort of fits in there as well. Nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so next one. So I'm already up to the third one on my list because uh, <laughs> of the, the, the Myrmidon, um, and that is Varengard. Okay, I think, nice. I think yeah. as, a, as a kit... As as a box, like I think it's just it's a, it's a fantastic box. Um, I think yeah, unreal. Um, the 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 character, the the sort of options that you have in there, the it's just a it's it's a cracking box. Um, and every time I see those models when they they've been you know lovingly painted up, they just never fail to take my breath away. Yeah, they they're really cool, um, and it's interesting. They're interesting to see people's individual take on them. There's so many bits in that kit that you know everybody's got their own sort of interpretation, and they're almost then just a bit store for the rest of the army as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there's a, a local guy Brad who's got his um, guard done up in purple, and they are cracking models. Trav, what about your next one? Uh, so yeah, likewise, I'm down to my number three. Um, so I actually had Skull Reapers um, as my number three. So a little bit older, uh, but I uh, really like the look of them. There, um, I, I wouldn't. I, I have put them together before, and at the time, I just remember that like you can you can probably assemble twenty of them without making the same model twice. Um, like they're they're a really nice kit. Quite like them. Funnily enough, though, I, I'm not as big a fan as the Wrathmongers with the flails and stuff. But um, the the skull tape, skull reapers though with the the demon weapons and stuff, really like them. It's definitely a cool bit of kit. Um, and, and I t- I feel too that for the few corn players that are out there still running corn, I reckon if they were about 150 points for a unit, you'd see a lot more of them on the table. Yeah, I don't. I can't speak to their effectiveness on the table. They're good. They're I've not good. Seen them. They're good, but they're, I think they're currently one hundred and eighty points or one hundred and seventy points for mm, you know a five model. A little bit too expensive. Five model, fifteen wound unit. That's movement five. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, Clint, what's your next one? Um, so my next one is the corn skull grinder, the dude with the flaming anvil. Yeah, definitely a cool model. I love that model. Yeah, so much. Um, he just when he came out, I'm like, wow, that is such a cool model. <laughs> Let's face it, he's swinging a flaming anvil. Yes, but he's just got that kind of. He's got the cool corn helmet. Um, he, you know, he's got, he's got, the, got the muscles on his muscles. 
absolutely. Um, the, the anvil's got the corn symbol on it. He's got the hammer because they're like the 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 smiths for corn, aren't they? They make the the demon blades and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just such a cool model. Um, I haven't painted one up yet, but it's definitely it's, a, it's in my GW wish list. So um, now, just so that you don't go twice in a row, I will say I do also have an honourable mention for every single faction as well. So just as a quick honourable mention, and then you can go to the last one on your list. Uh, I had the Infernal and Rapturous from Slanesh. Um, you know, playing that harp yep. springing out of the guy's back. I thought that was. Uh, I think that's the the coolest model in the Slanesh range. Um, but with that being said, Clint, what's what's the last one on your list? Um, I had Archeon. Ugh. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Um, Adam doesn't agree, but okay. That's why these lists are subjective. <laughs> no, they're not. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't like him? Oh, look, he's okay, but he's just a meh. Like, See, have, have you painted one? Oh, no. Okay. See, I I thought that until I painted one for Chris Welfare. And then as I'm painting it, I'm like, this is a really cool model. Um, <laughs> took me forever to paint, um, not just in procrastination time, but also actual putting brush to model. Because oh, you were also charging Chris by the hour. So that's why it took oh, me. Oh, absolutely. Like, Chris, that took me 75 hours to paint. Uh, money, please. It probably did take me that long, but it was about over the space of about two years. So, um, yeah, no, I just really, I think, I think he's the biggest model on my list as well across all of the factions, um, across all the Grand Alliances. But um, I just think he's just, it's just such a cool model. Um, The dragon's awesome, the wingspan. Yeah, I think it was kind of one of those models when it came out, we're like, wow, okay, AOS means business. All right, moment of truth, worst model. Okay. So as I said, I've I've chosen only models that have been released in AOS. Yeah. The worst that I've got, the Korgorath. Oh, okay. There's, it's it's still uh, only available in that, um, you know, that same push fit model from the original starter set from six years ago. Uh, whenever you have more than one, they still look like they're all surfing. Um, and it's just, it's it could be a really cool mid-sized monster that comes with a whole heap of options and, you know, and, and it's just, it's not. It's a massive miss in, in my, um, I feel. Uh, interesting. Travis? Um, so for me, uh, and this one's older than uh, AOS, but um, the Skull Cannon slash Blood Throne, whatever else you can make out of oh, it yeah. um, in the corn range. It, for, for what is corn meant to be, you know, not this sort of delicate looking balanced thing, it, it just doesn't fit. Like it looks like it's because it's like a bicycle basically with a cannon on the back, right? And three guys hanging off it. Like it, it doesn't look like corn to me. I would, I would agree. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting model. Once again, having painted one, it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think I own. Well, I'm gonna say 
three and a half thousand points of painted corn, I do not own a single skull cannon. That's fair. Um, okay, my uh, my worst pick. I feel like we're picking on corn here too. Because um, <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine's uh, Sila and Fingram. Yeah, garbage so model. Hey. He just he came out at a weird time when they were kind of trans. I think if I'm if I'm if I'm placing it correctly in the sort of uh, chronologically, he came out at a weird time when they were doing monster models in fine cast, and, and so there were still limitations on what they could do. He looks like a big weird monkey yeah. thing. With a tail, to, and the tail's only purpose in the way that it's sculpted is to help it stand, because it touches the ground as well. And yeah, no, it, um, yeah, it's it's older than AOS, but I think it was like the last, like it was out in the last year or two before um, uh, before AOS, yeah, in that end time space. So yeah, no, we've, we've all picked corn as our as our worst model, which is really interesting. Poor, poor corn, poor corn. But but it's got some fantastic ones in there as well. That's yeah. the, the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. It's hot and cold. But anyway, well, I think we picked two corn units as the best ones as well. So yeah. Okay, death. Adam, what's your what's your first pick for? Okay, your so my first pick mold? for death, and this is the one that I thought we would all actually have. Um, Black coach. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> yep. Triple up. Yeah. yeah. I was like, because even in the death faction, like that was, this is, this and destruction I probably had to really think long and hard about, but the black coach was far and away, boom, easily top of the list. I think it's the the nicest model that exists in the death range, in, in my opinion. I think it's a cracker. Yeah. Excellent reimagining of an old model as well. Yeah. Like, no, uh, yeah. massive. Yeah. Massive improvement, and the old model wasn't terrible. Oh, um, especially not yeah, for its but, time either. No, like, yeah. what the original Black Coach would have been sixth ed. Uh, it was fifth ed, so it was 1998. Oh, so, fifth ed vam- original vampire counts, yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yeah. So, you know, the Black Coach, fantastic model. It's got it's got that that feeling of flying and movement, but it's not balancing on some sort of horrific flying stand. A uh, heroic um, rock. Uh, or a heroic rock. It's kind of held up by ghostly horse yeah. legs. Yeah. Um, but you can tell how good a model is by how many fantastic variations you see people paint that painted it. Agreed. And, and there are some fantastic black coaches out there. So. Yeah. Uh, Trav, what have you got? Uh, so, crossing off the black coach from the list, um, quite a new one, Prince Deval. He's Ooh, the, yeah. uh, the male, um, oh, don't know the law, but I'm going to assume Blood Dragon from the Crimson Court, the Underworld's Warband. Um, so, quite a new model. Um, only been around for a very short period of time now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 all three of the vampires in there I, I really like, or four rather, sorry. Um, but he, for me, is like, I remember when the image first got leaked, no, not leaked, but, you know, previewed or whatever, um, it was like, yep, a, the, the, the new line of vampires, to say, um, is, is amazing and I love it. And 
the soul blight grave lords have the potential to produce some excellent figures if they're going to carry on that. Um, yep, so he's he's on my list for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's very good. I had, I because I wrote my list before he came out, and I was going off the available now thing. He wasn't in, in, in even in consideration, but yeah, now now I'm regretting that decision. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what is one of the ones on your list, Clint? Uh, so Reichnor the Grimhaler from the Night Hotline. So the dude on the Pegasus. He nearly made mine. Yeah, I look. I had to force myself as a spoiler for my third choice, but I'm not going to say what it is. I had to force myself to not pick another Night Haunt unit for my third choice <laughs> because there, because I felt that there is, you know, the whole range is really awesome. Um, but no, Reichnor is just so good. And he's an easy build kit. He clips together. Like what? <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, and I know that um, Elliot will agree with me because it's um, one of his favourite models as well um, in his Nighthorn army. Yeah, it's just it's just so cool. Big, big ghostly Pegasus, huge scythe. You know, he's got a heroic the candles. Yeah, he's got a heroic statue that he's sort of flying past. But once again, we don't have any flight stands or anything like that, so that's pretty cool. Yep. What's your next? Uh, I wanted to try and find something from the OBR range that I liked. And the Mortison Soul Keeper is it. The Soul Reaper? I thought it was the the Soul Keeper. Maybe maybe autocorrect there has changed that for me. The one with the scythe and he's got the cool ghostly stuff coming out of the scythe. Yep, the one that no one plays. Yep, probably, yeah. Yeah, 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 I think he's the coolest. <laughs> I think he's uh, the, the the coolest model in that whole range. Okay, yeah, he's a pretty mm. cool model. I haven't bought yeah. one yet, but um, I know I know when it was previewed, I went, "Oh, you could make a really cool necromancer out of that," and then I've never done that. So, <laughs> uh, Trav. Yeah, what's uh, so I have um, uh, well my final one for the list then um, the I pronounce it wrong the Miramorn Banshees Miramorn Banshees Miramorn Miramorn <laughs> the Miramorn Banshees the Miramorn Miramorn another easy to build kit Miramorn Banshees yeah um, that's yeah I, I just I just really like them I. I when I saw first all, and I was just like, "Yep, they are amazing," and I just, I just think they, they, they fit that really sort of ghostly feel um, as a standout for me in the Nighthorn range, actually. But yeah, I quite, quite like them. Cool, yeah, and yeah, as Adam said, they're another easy build kit. So I think you've got, you've picked two easy build kits because the Underworld's Warbands are easy build as well. So yeah, like, it's oh, there cool. You go. It's, yeah, so it's crazy to think of how good their, you know, their kits are that you, you don't have to use glue on and eight thousand parts. You know, mm. you just clip it out and push it together, and it works. Like mm. their engineering has come along so so good. Oh, definitely, yeah, it's, um, come a long way. Cliff, your last one. Right, so. I had to, as I said just before, I've had to force myself to not pick another Night Haunt unit. Um, 
So I went with Necropolis Stalkers. So they are the sort of monstrous infantry dudes who have the four blades. Um, They're one of my favorite units in the army itself to use, but they're also one of the coolest, I think the the coolest models in the army. Um, Vomit. (laughs) I know they're not for everyone. But uh, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm just going to cut you off. I'm afraid you're incorrect there. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, rogue choice. <laughs> rogue choice. Yes. Uh, but I, I really like them. Um, I like the, I like the forearm dudes better than the dudes with the big falchions. Um, both model wise and in game, I think the, the falchion ones aren't quite as good. But um, yeah, I, I really like them. A lot of people don't like their four faces, but I think that's pretty cool as well. Uh, yeah. So. Have I just picked off somebody's worst model from the range? Well, we'll, we'll, sort we'll get to that. My but, worst um, model. Well, I've still yeah, got my so. I've still got my last one because I got to say oh, okay, yeah, yeah, go. the black coach and knock all of one. your lists down to two. Uh, my last one is an, is uh, an endless spell. Oh, and it's the corpse mare stampede. Oh, yeah. The flesh eater okay. quartz endless spell. I think that is the coolest looking endless spell. With those dead horses rising up out of the ground, the zombie horses rising up out of the ground, I reckon they just look absolutely unreal. Yeah, that's that's good choice. Yeah, I initially then, had the White Lord on Steed that's been revealed as the third one, um, but I swapped them around because, um, or I swapped it out because uh, the model's not out yet. All right, Trav, <laughs> I th- worst. Worst I have uh, written, any Bone Reaper's model with a smiley face. Oh, I've got the entire OBR range. (laughs) Sorry, Clint, that's why you're wrong. Yeah. And this is from someone who at one point was going to, like, was closely contested between this and Luminous to actually do an army of these models. And part of the OBR army choice was replace every head. Yep. Literally worst model, uh, almost the entire OBR range. Uh, that's a cop-out. You have to pick one. I uh, then narrowed down on the Mortis and Soul Mason. The Cropolis Stalkers because they've got four heads and it's four times and things to hate. The Mortis and I mean, Soul Mason like sits on that uh, stupid chair with bone legs. Just, just You don't dumb. like the, ch- the chicken legs. Righto. Uh, okay. Wow. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> did you sculpt it? Did you? Did you design the miniature? Yeah, I, I've I've built two of them in now. Wow. Okay. So lots of lots of love for the OBR. Yeah. So they're just they're just not for me. That, that's cool. If they're not for you, they're not for you. That's fair enough. Uh, what's your worst, Clint? Did this hurt you? Uh, to choose a worst death model. I tell you what, it was hard because. They took out a bunch of stuff. So, like, if we'd have done this three months ago, it would have been bat swarms yeah. or something Fel like bats. that. Some, you know, fell bat something from you know 1998 that they've just continued to use in the range. But they culled all that. So, in doing the cull, they took out my favorite model ever, which is Manfred on his horse. But they also took out the worst death models at the same time. So it was quite hard to pick a death model that I didn't like. And I ended up on, and it's going to be an odd choice, it's the Canwraith. 
Just because I just it's don't. Low. It's basic. It's 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 weirdly static, and it attaches to the ground with its cape, and it's it's weird. Like even though it and the Banshee came out at the same time, I love the Banshee. It's still a fantastic model, but and it's just very much a timing thing because let's face it, a unit of Grimgas Reapers is ten can rates, right? Yeah in a unit basically and so they've learned how to make them really dynamic and really cool whereas the canwraith is just a bit blah yep so that's that's yeah it's it wasn't a like terrible model it was just the most boring i guess for me so okay mm. on to destruction yes all right uh, i'm gonna open with the loon boss on mangler squig Oh, okay. I have Mangler Squigs. Yeah. Look, so yeah. the same kit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Flip a coin that's, like that's it, was, it was. I was looking so, at yeah. both of them just going, oh, look, same thing. But yeah. Triple up again. I've got Mangler oh, Squigs yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, is that why you threw it out first, Adam? Just to it's, just it's like. Top of my list. Let's see how. Yeah. 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 And I think there might yeah. be a couple, honestly, where we, we have extra double ups here. I think. In destruction, it's very much a rule of cool kind of army, yeah. though, and so a lot of the models just kind of push that. Um, and yeah, Mangle Squeaks, they were they're they're fun models visually and to paint and to play. Yeah. So I'm unsurprised, Trav, that we all went yes. Uh, so second one, well, yeah, yeah, second one now for destruction, um, the Gobblepalooza. Oh. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Gobblepalooza sit out there. Oh. Um, it's, just, it's technically a group of models, not not a, a single model, but I'm going with it anyway. Not a fan, Adam? Um, some of them are okay. Like, I, I don't mind the scaremonger, you know, the one who's, like, standing on the shoulders of the other one with his boo mask, but, nah, uh, the Gobblepalooza is not for me. I know Nathan Prescott's wanting to run nine gobbapaloozas or something with a, in a 50-something drop list. Um, but, no, it's not for me. Yeah. What do you think, Clint? I, I I think, yeah, some of them are good. The Scaremonger and um, the, I love the dude with the, the, the uh, pot boiling over his head. Um but yeah, no, there are other models in there. The one with the multiple eyes and stuff doesn't do much for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a very hit and miss kind of unit for me. But yeah. What about you, Clint? Uh so my well, I guess second pick is uh Gordrak on the Moor Crusher. Okay. Yeah. So Gordrak over the regular one because um, I love the um, his weapons and I love his, the trophy rack on the back of him and all sorts of stuff like that. I think his face is just a little bit more characterful as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love the Grumpy Cabbage. It's such a cool model. It just screams orcs. Certainly a model that but- has grown on me, the More Crusher. I think when it first came out, I was like, Ugh, like that's just silly, but I, I like it a lot more now than um, yeah, and so, certainly I think it's one of those models that when you see it in the flesh, it also looks a lot better. 
oh yeah, it's definitely like the, a picture. Uh, the Cheetah pictures of of the Mall Crusher don't really do it justice, but you know they've been around for a while now. I've seen my fair share, um, and it's a miracle that I haven't painted one. Um, yeah, I've got one assembled yeah, no. and painted. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty cool. I uh, yeah, I just think it's it screams it screams Iron Jaws and it screams Orcs and yeah, it's awesome. Yep. And then Gordrak being the best one of those. Yep. Uh, well, my second one, Clint, is hot on the heels of yours, and it's just the Mega Boss on foot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Uh, and I think the fact yeah, you saw so many of those entered in as Golden Demon entries for about a two year period was a key factor in that. Um, but it was also a model that really lent itself to, um, you know, added detail in, in freehand and, and stuff like that. Uh, I just think it's a cracking yeah, model. Yeah. Love it. I had, um, I had uh, brute slash mega boss. Um, Cause uh, the, I think the, the aesthetic of the, that sort of look to the iron jaws, um, I, I'm a really big fan of it. Yep. Um, Never quite got into him as an army, but that was more because um, limited range, and I don't particularly like the Gore Grunters. But um, yeah, so I sort of had that one as well, I guess. Yep. So what else have you got? Oh, that's it. I'm I'm, I'm done then. I got brute slash mega boss, mangler squig, and a gobble Oh yeah, Clint. What have you still got? I have the weird old shaman from the Iron Jaws as well. Yeah, right. I just think he's. He's a really cool. He was the first Iron Jaws model I ever bought because I bought him randomly at, at uh, G Dub after an event once, and I just love, I love all of the the way that the model speaks to the spell taking over the orc. Like he's got his feet in turn and he's kind of moving, and it just you can tell that the spell's taking him over, and you can do some really cool stuff with the the smoke coming out of the off his staff and things like that. Yep. I just, I, I just love it as a model. Yep. It's really cool. Um, always have. Yeah, he definitely a characterful model. I think he is. He yeah. Is a nice yep. model. Uh, my last one um, is uh, it's a Mega Gargan, and specifically the Gatebreaker variant. Ooh, that's the one with the hood. The hood. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Just think it's pretty cool. I think yeah. when they got first got revealed, I really liked the Kraken Eater. Um, but now I, when I see him done, it's the, the gatebreaker that always stands out to me. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Okay. And that's that's my list of top uh, top destruction models. With an on, I gave an honourable mention to Gore Grunters. There you go, Trav. Yeah, Even though you're wow. not a fan of them. I like the big, yeah, big... guys on top, no issues. I just don't like the mounts. Yep. Overly much. Okay, worst. Trav, do you want to kick off the worst? Yep. Um, so uh, this one for me is I, and I don't know if a lot of people actually agree with this, but I don't feel like they've aged well. Um, uh, savage orcs slash variants of whatever they are. So you know uh, the the shooter uh, archers, spearmen, um, more boys, or whatever they're called. Um, so so that that kit that makes like four different things. Uh, oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just don't feel like they've aged very well, and they're all like, they're all quite static. Like I know you can put the arms on um, in different ways and different combinations, but really they're all taking a step forward and holding two hands in the air. Yes, 
Well, I think on sprue, they are literally holding a hand up on the sprue for a lot of the models. So they're kind of sculpted like that. Um, But they're sort of eighth edition models, so they're all meant to rank up, I think, is what that's from. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Which is why why they've not. I I had a look through the destruction range and went, uh, I I quite like a lot of it. you know, it was probably the hardest one for me to make up mine on the top three. Um, even the gore grunters that I said I don't like, it's more just I'm not a fan of the mounts. But um, yeah. I had a look through and went, okay, is there anything that hasn't aged particularly well? Um, and without going into flying cast and stuff, which I kind of steered clear of for this because I thought it'd just be too easy to pick three or four, you know, one for each faction, um, just really old flying cast models that aren't great. Um that they, they they were the ones that stood out for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't steer clear of fine cast from my selection. No. Um, as so, evidenced by um, Skylar and Finnegram. Yeah. Um, I'm, I the the uh, Gorgia from the more yep. tribes range. The sweatiest, it's just, the sweatiest ogre in the range. It is It is a model that was made in about, what, 2004 or something like that um, and has rarely seen the tabletop since and mm. it's just not good. Um, it's very much just not aged well um, because I've, I, did look, I did try not to pick old stuff because, you know, by default, um, but like, I quite like all of the new destruction stuff. So, yeah, I had to, I had to reach back. And an honourable, honourable or dishonourable mention was to the butcher. So just that older ogre stuff. Yeah, was really. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my, my worst is actually still a fairly recent model. Um, oh, loon boss on foot. Oh, uh, uh, the guy with the that weapon. dumb banana helmet. Um, I know it's supposed it's to be a, a bad moon. moon, but it looks like he's wearing a banana. Um, and you know the the part of part of the reason I think that people love goblins so much is the um, the the animation that's in the face of a goblin of a goblin model, and they've covered it. They've covered it with a crap helmet. Um, he's in this ridiculous stance up on a rock with, you know, this this stupid-looking weapon, um, which doesn't strike me at all what I think a goblin hero should be looking like. You know, I, I want a fighty goblin hero to have, you know, the sort of a bit of a wicked curve-looking blade looking really, um, really mean, like the old old school night goblins that, that started looking, um, well, when I say old school, not real old school because they were goofy as all hell. Um, but when they changed that aesthetic sort of in and around 6th or 7th edition when that plastic kit came out um, yeah. and, and they had that more sinister look to them and, and I feel that they, they lost it by giving him a helmet and covering up those features. Yeah, I can understand. He de- definitely doesn't have the the same sort of look as, 
you know, the dude riding the giant squig or the mango squig or anything yep, like that. Or a scrag rot or a fungoid of, or yeah, any of that. Yeah, just misses that, uh, that menace. Yep. Yeah, I do understand that. Um, I don't mind it as a model, but I can see exactly why your like your reasoning for not liking it. I can absolutely agree with. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't like the helmet either. He was close to one of my uh, for my worst piece selection. But it it, the... it looks less like a banana if you don't paint it yellow. I think that's half of the issue as well. well. Yeah, it probably doesn't help, but. Um, I've yeah. I've just painted one uh, for this this box, and I, I mine's pink. I think so. It looks um looks less like a banana. I I avoided yellow on purpose. Cool order, Adam. What was your first order selection? Uh, ironclad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I just I I, I still do I don't ever want to have to paint one. Because <laughs> I, I I think it would be like, I think it's more than Archaon. There's just so many different textures and elements and colours and, and all that to it that I'm just, no, thank you. I, I don't think that's something I want to have to do. Um, but I think it's a cracking model. Love it. Yeah, it is a cool model. Trav? Was that the first? First of your yeah, like, I was gonna say I don't think we've we've doubled up there or anything. No, I I yeah. let off with first for a little. I while. let off with chaos with the Lord of Change and no one. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and then we and then we all dinged on my choice off after. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, okay, right, fair right, enough. Right, to be right. fair, I actually this was second on my list, the Ironclad. Oh. I skipped what mm. was first on my list. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to come back. All right, Travis. Uh, first on mine is uh, Jelson Darrock. Who's that, you may ask? Uh, so this is actually the Witch Hunter from the new uh, Quest game. I thought you so said models had to be available. They are. Oh, oh. Oh. I was oh, wondering if that was going to come up this episode. Oh. <laughs> I kind of – you started talking about it in the hobby section, and I'm like, oh, I'll, we'll just we won't talk about that. Anyway, carry on. Nelson Darrock. Uh, so yeah, so the um, the um, the witch hunter there. Um, uh, so two things about it. So one, I think it just looked really cool. Um, but when I was putting it together, I it, I know we were talking a little bit about how well engineered the models and stuff are earlier. So I clipped all the pieces out of the sprue like I normally do. Gave them a quick tidy up to get rid of any you know marks or anything like that. And I had four bits in my hand. I was sitting on the table in front of me, and I went. There is no way this model goes together. I I don't care. And then I pulled the instructions out, like again, because normally I can just put it together. Like I don't generally follow instructions that much, other than go, okay, I need piece seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, done. Um, but I I looked at it, and went, this this has got to be wrong. But then you put it together, so you have to like thread one arm through a, through his cloak, and then put like the other half of his body on. The way it goes together is incredible. And there is, looking at it, uh, there is one spot where you would actually be able to see a, a joint, and, and there's one mold line that you'd bother to clean off, and it's maybe a centimetre long. 
And other than that, you wouldn't have a clue that it was actually a multi-part model. Uh, complete, I think it is a cracking model. Um, and I did the, went through the exact same process that you did, Trav, when I put mine together. It was the first model I put together because I think it's the coolest looking model in the, the whole box. And, yep, I was like, how does this? And, yeah, great bit of engineering, great bit of kit. Yeah. The, the only real mark that you can see is on the – on his right hand side, where the cl- two halves of the cloak join. Yep. And then, if you can smooth that out, it, you would never know. Yeah, it's I mean, I think one of the top spots is on his hammer, the head of his hammer as well. But it, that takes all of three seconds to span, you know, to file smooth. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. What about you, Clint? Uh Knight Venator from Stormcast Range. Yeah, arrow boy, oh, shooting just, boy. The arrow boy, I. It was the, uh, I. I almost had to coin flip between it and the Azeros actually, just because I love both variants of that model. But I just think the kind of, um, winged paladin aesthetic is just really well summed up in that model, um, and I remember when it came out being pretty much blown away by it. Um, I just think it was one of the, the coolest models that they released at that time. I. Probably the coolest. I, I, I agree. Um, I think it was the the coolest model of the initial Stormcast release. Yeah, and I just think, and it's one of those models. Both of them uh, are models that people paint up in a, a variety of ways, more so than probably other Stormcast stuff. Um, and I, yeah, it's just it's just so cool. Um, yeah. Yep. Completely agree. I think it's a great model. Uh, your your second one, yeah, which was actually top of my list. Um, Big Marathi. Yep, I just think That's it's a cool. un, yeah unreal model. The way that the the serpent sort of goes around the um, that column. Yeah, I just think it's it's a great model. Yeah, no, it was definitely a fant- fantastic reimagining of her. Um, well, considering what she, the model she used to have, but um, yeah, no, the the curved over wing and yeah, as you said, the snake tail. Yeah, around. can you imagine ten years ago, like being shown this model and going like, what? How? Mm. How does that work? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Uh, Trev, next one. Uh, so next one for me um, is the uh, pronounce this one wrong as well. The Cinerai uh, Cathala. So it's the the Lumineth model, the one like the, the, the veil chick with face. the cloth over her face. Yeah. yeah. Um, picked it because I, I, I was always going to pick. Uh, so when I looked at this originally, I, I could have easily put probably at least two, if not all three spots into them just because I really, really like the way they've kind of reimagined the elves. Um, and that's not like they've even drastically redone them. They're just really nice elf models. Um, mm-hmm. I picked this one to sort of represent probably a group that I really enjoy because um, I, I think the, the the whole the face of the model, which I'm looking forward to and also not looking forward to painting at some point, um, is 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 sort of the embodiment of that sort of really fine elven detail that they've worked into the range. Um, and, and that's that's what put it in there for me, for sure. Yeah, cool. That's a good choice. That's Yeah, I think it's a model that people look forward to and, yeah, dread painting. And, and the, 
that that sheer veil thing is just crazy. Yeah, I, I said I'm looking forward to it, but also not looking forward to it because I'm like, oh, I really want to paint that. And then every time I think about it, I go, how the hell do I paint that? But it'll be an interesting challenge, so we'll see how we go. Uh, so my second pick yes, is the the humble Dwarden Rune Lord. Right. So, yeah, I know. My it just it's just a cool model. Um, he embodied what dwarves used to be in fantasy, but I still think it's kind of still quite okay in the land of AOS. It's probably constrained by the fact that you used to have to sit on a twenty mil base. Um, as far as the the silhouette of the model, yep. Um, but I just think it's really it's got uh, some cool Dwan details. You can have the flaming rune and the hammer, or you can have the book um, and the big the big sort of hammer. Um, and considering it was one of sort of the early t- plastic characters, um, I just think it was really well done. And I remember painting one when it first came out, and it's one that I would happily paint another 10 times just because there's many different ways that I would like to do it again. So, yeah, bit of an odd choice, I know. Yep. Uh, my last one, Lotan. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyone with an octopus on their shoulder, they're cool in my book. If only he wasn't terrible in game. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh well, then you'd see see a few more. Yeah, definitely. Yep. It was. It, let's face it. It was one of the models that everybody talked about um, when they when Ineth were previewed, um, and then when they came out, and then obviously everyone went, "Oh, he's terrible," and then never saw him again. But no, it's a sweet model. It's really cool. Trav, last one. Uh, last one for me. Uh, in 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 the. Um models I really like category uh, is the humble sequitur. So, um, so Stormcast, I, I know they're not everyone's cup of tea just because they they can seem a little bit, you know, robotic and uninteresting. But um, I think the, the sequiturs, it added sort of a layer of detail and personality over the, some of the original Stormcast releases. Uh, obviously, the characters were characters, but in terms of the infantry, I think it laid um, sort of. I, I think they 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 took them to a point they needed to be to make them interesting. And I actually quite like the sequitors. They got a good mix of um, you know armor, robes, cloth. Um, they have some different options for the head, which is always nice. Um, and, and I just quite like the way they come together. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good choice. Um, and one of the coolest Stormcast models in the entire range is the female easy build sequitur. Yep. The one who's sort of, yeah, got the, the mace over her shoulder, hand on shield. Like once again, it's an easy build model, but I think it just has so much personality in in one miniature. Um, and as you said, it sort of yeah, brings extra character to, to the Stormcast. Definitely. Great model. Yeah, what yeah. about you? Great. I tell you what, this third spot is. I I've, I wrote about five models down, right, for this my top three, 
And as we've been talking, as I've been scrolling up and down the list of order models, I keep changing which one it is. That's literally how on a knife edge this is. Uh, but it's <laughs> uh, it is the Eidolon of Mathland from the Ideneth kit. Definitely nearly um, made my list. And it is the aspect of the storm. So it's the one with the spear and sort of the hooked blade and he's got the spiky headdress. Yep. Like, because they, they do have different sort of um, uh, options and stuff. Yeah, I just think it is such a cool model uh, with the, the wave cloak, um, which is just... Let's face it; it is a bonkers thing. Like, it is it is a cloak made like a cape made of water um, that holds the whole model up. Um, he's got all the fish and stuff swimming around him. Um, it's just he's basically an embodiment of one of their gods. Like, it's just crazy. Um, I love it; it's so good. And you just see some really good. Uh, painted versions of him around one of those one of those models once again that's just you see so many different variations on him because he is a painter's model you know what I mean yep agree I think it's a cracking model yeah cool alright does it's, was that none of us no double none ups. of us had a double up there wow interesting that is really interesting yeah i thought we would have got a couple there for sure but all the factions to get no double ups out of order well yeah. look it's probably yeah, the, it is the widest selection it yeah but also chaos does as well though but we still managed to sort of pick a you know we picked the the myrmidon and then we all picked yeah and then we all sort of managed to pick corn for our worst so yeah it's it, it, it's very interesting, but as you say, it's this. It's got the most love in AOS, I think, which means that there's just so many of those models that are just top notch. Yeah, worst, Adam. What was your worst? Uh, techless. Wee. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like, come on. You look at every single other god model, and I remember when I saw them for the first time. I was like, holy shit. That looks so cool. Oh, look at this and look at that and look at this. And I, and then Techless came out and it was a WTF moment and I was unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see why it's not for everyone. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm not saying I love the model, but it's probably in the middle of the range for me. But, um, you know, the whole not really being on his mount and weirdly attached to the wing, not a yep. huge fan of. Like, who thought um, that was yeah. a great idea? I just don't get it. Anyway, I'm sad. It had potential and they blew it. Anyway, that's my worst in the order range. Travis? Worst in the order range for me, uh, which is actually kind of related to my number three pick before, um, Liberators. So, and I think this was kind of, pushed home by the fact that the sequiturs now exist. Um, but the Raiders, by comparison, are really boring. They are so plain, aren't they? Yeah, there is – what? There's two types of armour, yep. the end, uh, and a weapon and a shield. Yep, they don't like, pose up cool. overly well. Like even the multi-part kits, 
you know, they, they're not yep. really dynamic at all. It's Yeah. And I, I think once the sequiturs come out, like but if, if it had been, if we had been doing this before sequiturs come out, or they probably would have been middle of the range. But then once the sequiturs turned up and you could sort of see what could be done with what's essentially a you know, jazzed up version of the same sort of, I mean, I know they're slightly different in terms of law and stuff, but it's the same kind of level of model in the army that they're chalk and cheese. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. They're pretty pretty bland. So, so similar sort of reasoning to why I picked the wraith. They're just meh. Yeah, they just yeah they 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 their issues are highlighted by some of the future releases and otherwise they're just boring. Yeah. Cliff, your last one. Uh, last one, and once again, I returned to the Finecast stable to pick mine um, because I had real struggles otherwise. You're punching down, Clint. Punching down. I'm punching down. <laughs> Look, he's not even going to know I'm punching him down because he looks like he's taken a few head hits to start with. <laughs> he's, and it's he's the concussion rule. He's he's needing to have a week off. Yeah, so it is the Saurus Astralis bearer. Ugh. The, the totem, brilliant, love it, awesome. The dude holding it, he's just so dopey, so dopey, considering how cool Saurus could be. Um, yeah, he just, just, make, he just makes me sad. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's yeah, terrible. He's, just, he's, got bull no, he's got a bull ring in his up. nose. He's, yeah. I think that he just, they tried to make him like. He's got skulls around his it. neck? Why? That's it. Like. Some of them do, though. Some of the, like, the some of the other Saurus characters do have skulls, and that's cool, but he just, he just, and it, he's holding the, his club in front of him. It's just a very weird, sort of compact model. Um, but I love the totem. The totem's really cool, and you can do some cool stuff with it. Um, but yeah, he's just, he looks dopey, unfortunately. Um, he, he looks like he's just come off a week long ecstasy bender and you've told him he has to go to work and hold up a pole because he's got no, 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 um, that is an incredibly ser- precise ser- comparison. I was going to say, what, how did you come up with a week long ecstasy bender? Uh, he's, he's just got no happy. He's just got no happiness left. And that his pole job is, is that he has to hold up. a pole. Like that's his job. <laughs> he's, just, he's not he's traffic just, control. His job is to hold a pole. Uh, he just he just has no happiness left in his life, and he's just uh, back on the pole again. <laughs> which could be a different joke. <laughs> it's a different joke. Oh, hey <laughs> Oh, I realised as soon as I said it. Um, yeah, so that was that was my choice. The <laughs> worst wall. Oh dear. Lovely. Anyway, <laughs> so there it is. I think yeah, we, we you sort of called it fairly accurately there that we would we would all pick certain ones. Um. And it was quite interesting that we picked a couple 
the same. So cool. Righty, there you go, guys. So um, hit us up with the uh, your favorite AOS models uh, on Twitter or or on Facebook. Let us know what your favorite models from Inch Grand Alliance are. I was just um, thinking we uh, totally didn't plan this at all, and like legitimately did not. But uh, Twitter lets you put four pictures at once. There you go. Hey, yeah, three favorite, so they, one worst. Off you go. Three favorite, one worst. Yep. Off you go. Reply to this episode. I'll try and make sure to re- actually post that in the tweet when I put the episode out. Anyway, cool. Right. Um, we are going to take another quick break. Then when we come back, uh, we'll go through the events coming up and then we'll sign off. And we're back with a quick update on the uh, upcoming events. Uh, so coming up in May, so not too far away now, um, 1st and 2nd of May, we have Brisbane Chaotic in uh, Brisbane, Queensland. Uh, on the 15th of May, we have Goulburn, God, Goulburn Smash in Goulburn. Um, I thought you were mispronouncing Goulburn, Goulburn for a second. You were calling it Goulburn. I'm like, What? No, it's no, no, G-H-O-U-L. Yeah, yeah. The name of the event. Yeah, I get it. But I was, that's what yeah, really yeah, awesome. that's, like. Yeah, maybe. Thank, thanks, James Mabry, for that. Cool. Thanks, James. Um, yeah, shout out to James there. Um, so then after that, in June, uh, 12th and 13th of June, we have Sydney Slaughter, uh, obviously in Sydney, uh, run for the uh, umpteenth year row now by uh, Chris Welfare. Uh, and on the same weekend, we have the Rural Rampage down in Bendigo, Victoria. Uh, a little bit further ahead, on August 28th and 29th, we had the Toowoomba Open, which, funnily enough, is in Toowoomba, Queensland. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Should do that. Just run an event like, you know, here's the uh, Brisbane Showdown. We'll run it in Perth. Um, October the 13th, 17th, uh, we have the Sydney GT. That's clearly a typo. It's 13th, 17th. Um, <laughs> Five-day tournament. Yeah, I just realised that. <laughs> Five-day event, everybody. Get on it. I don't I don't know. Whichever one of those is a weekend. It, it falls somewhere between the 13th and the 17th of October. Um, open up your it, calendars and we'll go from there. It's uh, the 16th and 17th of October. <laughs> there we go. Um, I prefer to think it's a five-day event and Magro has just gone all in. <laughs> um, and then much further ahead, November 6th and 7th, we have the uh, Runax Team Championship, which uh, getting along to should be good with Clint a couple of others. And on the same weekend again, uh, sort of the opposite end of the country almost, the Sinfall Gaming GT um, down in Adelaide. So um, that's pretty much it for the year. Um, don't know if there's much else even thought about at this point after that, but um, those are the confirmed ones we have for now. So definitely a few events that people can get along get along to out there covering um, you know, a fair portion of the country. So. Um, you know, stay safe, travel safe and all that, obviously, but uh, get out there and get some games in if you can. Yeah, I think with the exception of Runax, tickets are available for all of them and have sold well. Uh, didn't Toowoomba um, open sell out in five minutes? It did indeed. So not available it, for that either? Um, so I imagine there's a wait list and it's far enough out that, you know, that's a safe thing to be putting your name on, but... I think there's still tickets available to Slaughter and the Rural Rampage and stuff like that. So, right. um, yeah, but it, 
the desire to play hammers is pretty pretty big, and so people are uh, booking lots of events as far out as they can. So it's a, it's good though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's great. I think we're really lucky here that we've been able to be sort of attending events and gaming clubs and that sort of stuff really for the last um, few months um, when so many parts of the world uh, haven't. Yeah. Um, lots of, I don't know if you guys have seen on Twitter, there's lots of garden hammer happening in, in yeah. England at the moment now that they can meet up outdoors and, and socially distance games. So there's lots of barbecues and that sort of stuff happening, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I always see the pictures from them and I'm like, why does everyone have an outdoor marquee ready to go? But apparently they do. So here we are. It's it, Yeah, it's just in case it rains being England. Um, oh, I know that, but <laughs> who owns these things? <laughs> I don't know. There was a. Um, I saw somebody talk about upgrading their their gazebo to get sides so the terrain stopped blowing around. Like, <laughs> like they were taking this garden hammer seriously. You're playing up in the Scottish Highlands. Uh, uh, um, so one other thing that has happened since the last episode is that um, they opened up event submissions for CanCon 2022, mm. and um, I've applied to run Age of Sigma there. Um, uh, two twenty players. Um, so not not a jump. Um, but we don't really know what it will look like at this point. So I think just sticking to what we've done previously is probably a safe bet at this point, and then we'll go from there. Um, haven't had the nod that it's going ahead yet. Um, like that I've been approved, okayed to run Age of Sigma, but. I don't know why that would not be the case. So, yeah, um, it is the, I think it's the 23rd and 24th of January. Um, So people should start booking leave for that weekend. 22nd and 23rd of January. And I think the holiday is not until the Wednesday. So probably want to book yourself a long weekend. Um, But yeah, uh, if you're in Australia or New Zealand, um, probably safe to book holidays. Uh, I can't see them letting other people into the country by then. Yeah. Uh, just with the way that stuff's happening. Um, but if you're here, or one of our Kiwi brethren, uh, get some holidays sorted and, and stand by. So that's pretty exciting. Get around it. Yeah, it'd be good to, good to see it run again. Um, definitely missed it this year, not just because it's you know, 10 minutes down the road for me, but, um, yeah, it's, it's always the big event that a lot of people really work towards. So hopefully it um, doesn't have any issues and we uh, we can pull it off again this year, next year rather. Next year, yeah. Start, starting prep now. Um, rightio, cool. Um, unless anyone else has anything else to add, I think we might wrap it up there. All good. Wrap it up, Clint. Nah, covered it all. Rightio. Uh, until next time, see you later, guys. Staff the poll, people. See ya. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Heralds of War. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Heralds of War. Adam is at Teacher Bert, and Travis is at Thonius83. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Heralds of War. If you'd like to give us feedback or ask any questions, send us an email at podcast at heraldsofwar.com. 
You can also find me on Twitch Tuesday nights at 8.30pm GMT plus 10 at twitch.tv forward slash heralds of war. Thanks for listening.